We're joined now by former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, one of the candidates, of course, challenging Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. Thank you so much for being here, Governor. Uh, you're also a former prosecutor and a former friend, very good friend of Donald Trump. Uh, knowing him and knowing the way a courtroom works, the way you do, what do you think his play is here? He knows that uh, he's committed fraud. He knows that this is over, and this is just about playing to the grandstand, Dana. Um, he knows that he's going to have very little impact upon um, the damages in this case, um, no matter what he says, because he knows that at core, um, he did exactly what they're accusing him of doing, which was to um, inflate uh, his net worth um, in an attempt to be able to borrow more money and to get more favorable terms um, from the uh, bankers and financiers that he was working with. Um, and so this is not the least bit surprising to me. Donald Trump, under normal circumstances, can't ask answer a direct question. And a number of you in, uh, on that panel right now have interviewed him, so you know that's the case. Um, and that's when he's under very little stress. Um, imagine the stress he's under now, knowing he may never be able to do business again in the state where he was born and raised and, and built uh, the company that his father left to him um, into the even bigger company than it became. And, you know, you mentioned how sort of personal this is <clears throat> for him and the fact that this this has already been decided. He already has been found liable. And the question is, uh, how much is he going to, to pay when it comes to uh, damages? One of the things that I've been hearing from his political team is that they wanted to use today as kind of a, a political and legal Super Bowl to try to take the support that he has. And as one of his opponents, I know that you're painfully aware that he has a lot of support within the Republican electorate and make it even more uh, hardened. Do you think that is a real possibility in the upside down world that we're living in? I don't think so for this reason, Dana. They're not seeing it. Um, they're hearing it being characterized by reporters in the courtroom. This would be much more of an effective strategy for Donald Trump if he were on camera. Um, if he were on camera and there were cameras in that courtroom, I think that would be a much more effective strategy for him, given that he's going to lose on the legal uh, case anyway, so he could do it. This really, I don't think, will translate much with people. I think this will be a lot of noise, and those who believe that he's being persecuted will continue to believe that, and those who don't, don't. But this is why I've said all along that he will eventually show up on the debate stage, because he knows that his most effective moments are when he's on television when he's on camera, looking into the camera and being able to make his case. Um, what he doesn't want is he doesn't want me to be on the stage um, when that happens. And that's why the RNC is raising these requirements and all the rest. That's why anyone out there who wants to make sure I'm on that stage should go to chrischristie.com, <laughs> donate a dollar and make sure that I am and that the RNC doesn't get to take, you, take me out. But he knows that him being on TV is what makes his arguments more powerful to the people who watch him. He knows that when people read those arguments, they sound a little crazy. Okay. So just to push back on that, uh, that idea that the more he's on TV, um, the more he thinks he does well. I mean, that might be true when, from his perspective in his head, and I guess that's what you're getting at there. But when it comes to the perspective of voters, we saw a poll 
uh, out yesterday from the New York Times, not a national poll, a poll in the determinative swing states, Nevada, Georgia, Arizona, Michigan, all of which show Donald Trump beating Joe Biden, and then in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, too close to call. If that is the case, and, and I'm a, an undecided Republican voter, why would I vote for anybody other than him if my goal is to beat Joe Biden? Well, first of all, because it's a year away, and a year away from, uh, you know, uh, last, last year, or eight years ago, rather, at this time, Ben Carson was 10 points ahead in the Republican primary in Iowa. Um, we know how that went. There's, there's a ways to go here. But getting back to the point on TV, Dana, I mean, look, he absolutely believes that that's where he's most effective. And, and by the way, on the polls that you saw yesterday, um, if, if he can't beat Joe Biden right now, when inflation is where it is, when there are two wars going on at the same time, um, and Joe Biden is in the midst of this storm, um, if he can't be ahead of him now, when would he ever be ahead of him? Um, so, you know, I, I don't I think he should take, you know, comfort from those polls, but very, very temporary comfort, because the same way the world was much different on October 6th than it was on October 7th, given the Hamas attack on Israel. Who knows what is going to happen next that might help Donald Trump or hurt him? But I suspect that the biggest thing that's going to hurt him is he's going to wind up paying a big number in this case. And we'll see um, if he even has the money to be able to do that, uh, the cash to be able to do it. And secondly, he is getting ready to go to trial on March 4th in Washington, D.C. on a criminal trial where he won't be able to come in and out of the courtroom like he's doing now, Dana. He has to be there every minute of every day that the yeah. court is in session. And he's going to see Mark Meadows 20 feet from him testifying that the former uh, Freedom Caucus guy in the House, his former chief of staff, is going to say he lied on election night. He committed crimes to try to stop the election results from being validated and confirmed. And that's not going to be some rogue Democratic prosecutor, Dana. That's going to be his former chief of staff, who he called the next Go James Baker. Go Times are getting worse and the walls are closing in. Governor, because there has been a lot of news that's off the campaign trail, um, people might not have seen what you experienced in Florida on Saturday at a Republican summit. Uh, you got a pretty rough reception from a very pro-Trump crowd. Let's take a look. Well, now it feels like home. Thank you all very much. Your anger against the truth is reprehensible. The problem is you want to shout down any voice that says anything different than what you want to hear. I don't think I've ever seen a politician appear to have so much fun at a crowd that was so hostile. Uh, talk about what that means in all candor about the reality of this race that you're running and the people you are trying to appeal to uh, who so far are very difficult for you to reach. Well, I wasn't trying to appeal to the people who were yelling and screaming, Dana. Um, they're well, already I just mean the broader to Trump, and that's the fallacy of this race. Well, but but look, if you if you listen to the rest of the speech, um, you know, there were a number of times where I got some really good applause in that speech because there are people in that room who are not for Donald Trump. But the ones who are for Donald Trump, um, you know, were yelling and screaming. Uh, okay. 
you know, the reason why I was having fun with it is because I knew that's exactly what was going to happen if I went to this Republican Party of Florida summit. And what I wanted to show the rest of the voters in this country is there is one candidate who's willing to stand up to Donald Trump. There is one candidate who's willing to stand up to the bullying and the yelling and the screaming and the lying. And I'm the candidate. Every one of the other ones who you'll see on the stage on Wednesday night all raised their hand and said they would support a convicted felon to be the Republican nominee for president. I'm the only one on the stage who kept my hand down. This is a determining issue in this race. Donald Trump is the issue in this race. More than any other topic, he's it. And they've said, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, they've said, we're with him. Ramaswamy says he's the greatest president of the 21st century. You know, Nikki Haley has said after January 6th that we should all give him a break. I mean, you know, look, this is the determining issue. And if you want that to be what you are absolutely aiming for, and that is what I'm aiming for, is to be the Republican nominee, you have to take on those hecklers head on and direct. And by the way, if Republicans think that Democrats are going to be any easier in the fall, they're kidding themselves. They're not going to give up power without a fight. And the fact is that I'm the one who's willing to take on the fight. Donald Trump stays away from the stage because he's a coward and he doesn't want to make the fight. And the rest of them are too afraid of Donald Trump to say his name out loud. Chris Christie, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it.